Hello and welcome to this episode of the Perceptive Photographer Podcast. This week we're going to be talking about who judges who and kind of how that affects our evaluation of our photography. This is episode 412 and I am your host, Daniel Gregory. Thank you so much for joining me today. Really do appreciate you taking 10 minutes or so out of your day to listen to the podcast. If you're new to the podcast, hit that subscribe button and keep up to date with all the latest podcasts when they're released every Monday. And if you're a long time listener, thanks so much for listening. Really does mean a lot to me that you're out there listening to the podcast each and every week or that you're like a Netflix user and you just binge it every once in a while. However you listen to it, thanks so much for doing that. Don't forget, if you're looking for something great as a holiday gift for the upcoming holiday season, that would be all the non-big holidays that happen at the end of the year, but Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, all that, my partner Lori is offering 10% off to all podcast listeners on her website, ritualmischief.com, where she specializes in herbal products for emotional support. Podcast 10 will get you 10% off any product. So check that out. Also, don't forget to check out all my workshops. There is still time to get into black and white, printing, trips to the Palouse. So lots of opportunities there to take a workshop. So take a look at that. All right, this week I wanted to talk about the notion of being judged and judging. And one of the things that I think is really interesting about photography is how critical we are of judging not just ourselves, but other people's work. And I've talked a lot about in the past, going back many, many years now, about the sort of the brutality at which we sometimes judge other photographers. And I didn't want to revisit that topic today. I wanted to take a little bit different approach to the conversation and really start to hone in on the importance of who we compete against should really be ourselves. We shouldn't really be competing against other photographers and other people because they have different lives, different goals, different economic status, different interest, different amount of time, different eye. They've got all sorts of differences in there. And so the real question of being a photographer, and again, all the great things that come with photography, but improving, which I think is one of our core aspects of who we are when we start to work in our photography, is that we want to improve. We would like to think that we are getting better week after week, month after month, year after year. And there's a lot of information about there out there about getting better, shooting more often, staying organized, joining competitions, all sorts of things for that. But today I wanted to talk a little bit more about, you know, a potential way of approaching that that's not complex and not hard, but I think does offer up some interesting benefits and opportunities. And when I say who's judging who, again, like I said, this is really about self-reflection. It's about judging and evaluating our own growth as a photographer. And one of the things that I find really interesting is when we look at other photographers' work, we can gain insight into how we judge and evaluate our own work. And so when we look at another image, when we think about another image from another photographer, what is it about that image that we like or don't like? And we have to sort of remove the emotion. We have to go back to that notion of reading the photograph and setting aside the emotion. So things like envy and jealousy, anger and rage and happiness all sort of go to the side so we can kind of look at the essence of that photograph. And what is it about that photograph? What is it about that image that is compelling? And from that, start to recognize that you have certain criteria that you use to evaluate photographs. I know a couple of people, and man, if it is not in focus, they do not think it's a good photograph. And I mean, like, F64, front to back, everything, side to side, left to right, corner to corner. Got to be sharp and in focus. And if it's not for them, it's not a good photograph. They just can't get by. Why isn't everything in focus? Now, I think that's personally a little crazy. Almost uh, went off with the old uh, 
tirade there, but I think that's a little bit crazy. I think there's an amazing use of depth of field and blur that tells more compelling and more interesting stories. But that criteria is important. Knowing what your criteria for how you evaluate photographs matters. And I think looking at other photographs and realizing what is it that you gravitate towards when you are talking about what's good in the photograph and what's bad in the photograph is important. And you need to write those down. They need to sort of become little steps of a checklist almost for you in thinking about how you approach evaluating photographs. Because ultimately what we want to do is we want to take that criteria back and do a self-evaluation based on that criteria. So one of the things that I have found oftentimes when working with people when they're learning to critique their work and talk about their work is they apply a different standard when evaluating other people's work than they do their own work. In most cases, they're more critical of their own work. Not always. I mean, some of us do have delusions of grandeur, myself included at times, but we oftentimes are more critical of ourselves than others. So having a criteria set up that is consistently applied to the images, I think is important. And whatever that criteria is, it may not be the most comprehensive criteria to start, but for you to get started with a methodology, a methodical way of looking at your photography over and over and over again to assess the impact, meaning, purpose, direction, technique, composition, frame, form, whatever's in there, that that's a really strong, significant element to the way we approach our photography that can be meaningful. And in that approach, one of the things that I recommend is once you sort of develop your criteria, you set that aside because that's your gut reaction. That's the first thing that kind of comes to mind when you're looking at photographs and making the list. When you look at somebody else's photograph, look at what did they do? What was in that frame? What was in the emotional content, the, content, the processing, the cropping, the use of balance, symmetry, form, line, shape? Angle, color, saturation, contrast, everything. How was that done? So that your things that you gravitate towards, oh, I like shallow depth of field. I like big depth of field. We need to increase that list to make it more comprehensive. So take your initial list again, set that aside, and then go into the photograph and everything, what, was, what happened in that frame. And then this is the important part of all the things I think in the criteria for how we judge the photographs. The most important part next is, what would I have done different in that photograph? Not what would make the photograph better, but what would I have done differently? And the reason this is so important is that when we look at somebody else's photograph, and let's say we're looking at a great photograph, a masterpiece of a photograph, and you look at that photograph, and you think, wow, that was amazing. It's got the light and the color and the gesture and the expression on the person's face. What would you have done in that instance? What would you have done if it was your photograph to make? And this is really interesting, I think, as an exercise. Because when you recognize that some of those habits you listed early on, the things you respond to that are important to you, maximum depth of field, but yet you're looking at this photograph that has this soft, eloquent, out of focus with just a hint of focus in it. And you're enamored by that. And you think, well, what would I have done differently? I would have put it everything in focus. And then what would that have meant to the photograph? Because again, when we ascribe the notion of better or worse to the decision, we miss the point. 
that we all see different. We all evaluate different. We all create things differently. And that you may be trapped in your own innate behaviors because what you do is not what you're interested in having in your photography. Or there's a weakness and a gap in your photography that you don't recognize. So you need to come back and see that. All those little elements come into play. All those little things become important as we look through the photography. So again, what, did, what happened in the frame? What would I have done differently than that? What would my photograph have been? Not aspirationally again, but realistically what we would have done. And then identify what would you have done to prepare for the next time? If you're going to now go out, you've looked at these masterful photographs, these photographs from other people. They could be Instagram photographs, just other photographs you like, where you've gone out and you've recognized, wow, there's just something really innate in there that's really interesting. What would you do different to prepare for the photography the next time? Would you take different lenses in your camera bag? Would you take more time? Would you do more research? Would you try harder to connect with the subject that you're photographing so that the eye contact in the frame is stronger? And that's the framework. So we go through that little process. And the biggest thing, I think, to jump the learning for our own work, because again, at the end of the day, who judges who? We really need to be evaluating our own work and our own growth. And yes, we need help with that sometimes from other people. But in our own work, go back through your own work and apply that what did I do here? What would I do differently? And how do I prepare the next time? So that you get a stronger photograph moving forward. So that you have more engaging photographs moving forward. That you're not stuck recreating the same wheel over and over again. Things in photography do happen sometimes by accident. But a lot of times in photography, there is a subconscious premeditation to some of the great photographs we take. And by understanding that approach of like, wow, I usually have everything in focus, but these five photographs I made where the camera was accidentally out of focus when I made it, or the camera didn't get a good sharp depth of field, are more compelling, are more interesting. That's critical to understand. That's critical to know so that we have much more interesting and engaging photographs. So again, establishing the criteria, self-evaluation of your own work. Start with others to build the framework so that you can go back and look at your own work in a much more objective and meaningful way. And I think when you recognize that when you judge your own work, sometimes you approach that with a much more critical, harsh eye than needs to be there. And at the same time, we over fluff images for emotional context or whatever, but that we can get much better at judging our own work and letting go of looking at other photography and other photographs solely for the purpose of what do they do? Why can't I be that way? Why can't my photographs look like that? But from a, a statement of, wow, I really am improving as a photographer. When I look at the photographs I made five years ago, when I apply the criteria I do today, a lot of the things that I would have done differently 10 years ago, five years ago, I'm doing today. I actually am growing and maturing and shifting as a photographer. And recognizing that, to me, at the end of the day, is the most important thing. That we grow, change, and evolve on a constant basis. But we don't give ourselves an opportunity to put in a way that we can understand the amount of growth that we've done over the years, the amount of knowledge and experience and emotional connection to the work we've established, we don't celebrate that. We just keep thinking about what we need to be doing next, not realizing that much of what we've done has already been very powerful and empowering. I hope you have a wonderful week behind the camera. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast this week. I really do appreciate it. And again, remember, 
If you are a listener of the podcast, if you give a little rating or review up on iTunes, Google, wherever you listen to the podcast, that helps other people find the podcast. Again, thanks for listening. Don't forget, Podcast 10 up at RitualMischief.com will save you 10% off any of Lori's herbalism products. Have a great week and I'll see you next time.